on dispensers of pets, poking out at the cons, renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekking, <laughs> sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd over drive, I will always survive. Listen up, fanboys! This is the Fanboy Blender Podcast, and here's your host, a man declared unconstitutional by the state of California, Derek McCall. It's just because they don't want you to feel superior. Okay, well, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 105. A very busy and happening Elusive Comics and Games. And on both sides of the store, if I may say. It's all over. The stimulus is is working. Uh, Here, apparently. Oh, that was something else we wanted to talk about tonight. uh, But anyway, I will go through introductions first. That just triggered a thought. Um... And that is that, of course, I'm not here podcasting alone. I've got my stalwart crew back from San Diego. What does stalwart mean again? I forget. Steady and trustworthy. Oh. And there's lawn. I guess we're steady. So, yeah. And so, uh, there, of course, uh, to my left, my announcer. Lon Salty Sandpaper Lopez. And next to him. Just finally recovered. Next to him, hoping that we forget that she's there so she won't speak. Uh, Stephanie Rodriguez. Wow, the harsh language. (laughs) Or we got a censor or something. Mouth. Uh, That sounded just like a monkey howl. Okay, (laughs) and so please no more, no more. I can. I was going to say right now. Can we? Can can we get like a like a game show uh -uh, or something like that instead of the monkey howl? I just. Can't stand you know, I'll find something howl? new just for you. Yeah. You don't like the monkey howl? No, the monkey howl. Does it remind you of your days back in the jungle? <laughs> a little bit. It reminds little me bit. of my adopted when he hears family. The ducks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Didn't get that. <laughs> I'm Rick Brett Snyder. We've got babies. <laughs> yes. We've got crowds. The moral con- compass and, a, and apparently punch-up artist. So uh, we will now move forward. The thing I was going to say, well, we've got, we want to talk about Comic-Con. Uh, last week, of course, Carr and I had our kind of wrap up of. Should we pause for a second? Yeah. What does what does does young Ryan say about Comic Con? <laughs> oh, sure. Put the microphone in front of the baby. So she's putting the baby in front of the microphone. Stupid baby. Just won't talk on stupid on baby. The microphone. What the heck is wrong with that kid? He's got. Uh, he, he won't talk for anything less than five hundred dollars. So. <sighs> All right. Baby's a prima donna. No. Resumption. Last week, Carr, uh, D'Angelo, and I had a chance to talk about our impressions of Comic-Con. But it that was, was a very a, nice podcast. It was a Thank fantastic podcast. I was, I was, normally I, I fall asleep at our podcast, but uh, right, yeah. listening, listening to Carr, I was very, very uh, impressed with, A, his knowledge of just comics and, and the business in general, but also, too, just he hit all the right beats about Comic-Con and everything else, so... Mm-hmm. Definitely, was I felt quite like I was a, a guest in his home. Yeah, definitely. And I will. I won't comment on how you wronged me, but Derek wronged me. But it's okay. You just commented on it. I know. I don't comment on how he right. wronged me. Wow, okay. I feel like I'm talking to my mom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Um, but you guys didn't get a chance to kind of weigh in after the fact. Uh, you've had you know what? We didn't get to do all our nightly podcasts like we had well, planned. Some people just. 
You guys went out. Fun. You were late. having too much fun. Blame Kelly Who. Don't blame me. Uh, I'm not okay. blaming Kelly Who. Blame her. Even though she's a wonderful, wonderful woman. Yeah. So as late as you guys stayed out, I'm amazed you got up in the morning. <laughs> hey. To get blame there on time. cocaine. Blame cocaine. What? What? Oh, okay. Uh, we're professionals was what I was going to say. Okay. Oh. Because that gets us invited to more things next I said, year long. Did I say caffeine? I you said did caffeine. say caffeine. Caffeine. Yes. Blame caffeine. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Well, how did it out? Actually, for you that guys? first comment will probably get us into more parties next year. So. Mm, yeah, but I, you don't have money. So uh, I had a great time. Well, good. I enjoyed uh, all the Hall H stuff that I got to. Mm-hmm. I even enjoyed the uh, being present there for the quote unquote stabbing. Yeah, well, you shouldn't have <laughs> cut that guy. And uh, so. yeah, I was going to say piggybacking on that. that my my chair. I tried to stop him. My experience was a little <laughs> short because I got arrested. Off my arm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was in a holding cell for a few hours. But that guy, that guy line? shouldn't have taken my seat. That's all I want to say. I just, I really wanted to see Resident Evil, and I want to know where you got that Harry Potter shirt. That's what is. Curious to me. Harry Potter is like I didn't even know my you'd ever favorite seen thing. Harry Potter. It's my favorite franchise in the whole world. Oh wow! Okay, so you guys had an overall good experience, and you and everyone got into Hall H that wanted to, and yep. barely except me. So uh, you I didn't, didn't want in. to though. I did. I tried to get in afterwards, but they wouldn't let us in because they wouldn't let anybody in because after the incident, you should have called me. We were like tenth. No, no, no. To no. Get the in. fire marshal. The fire marshal said. That it was be- that the incident happened because they were overstuffed, so they wouldn't let. That's a bunch of bull hockey. We got in afterwards. No, well, I'm saying you should have called me, baby. Se- se- I hook it up. The security guards, you, and you understand. I think security ran fairly well, but there's two kinds of security guards. There's those that understand that if they put a little thought to it, they can solve their problems, right? And those that believe they will just stand there and say no, no. Yeah, I no. ran into a couple uh, of those. Yeah. bad Derek. No, yes, that was exactly it. no. Um, he rolled up a newspaper. And, and he slapped you on the nose. He did, and I was a little ashamed. So I sat outside <laughs> and just and just wept while you guys saw all the goodness inside the revelation really? of the Avengers. You know, I waited a good I read three comments. hours in that line, and I don't know if it was worth it. No, although the Avengers moment was, was a nice great. thing to be a part of, but still, by then I was like, big effing deal. Well, you'd had a little more stress that day than we had. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So. Um, but right. I but I want to say though, like piggybacking on what Carr had said, um, he said I think he originally had said that it was Marvel with the win basically, or they kind of took the whole thing. But I think he also said that one of the bigger stories was Walking Dead. Um, and did you guys did you get into that panel? No, I didn't. Did you get in? That, no, did I you didn't try not. to get in that panel? Yeah, I tried. From what I heard, the line was ridiculously around the corner, out the door, yep. down the street. Yep. Um, and it was something that I thought everybody was talking about, and especially with the presence that it had on the floor and everything else. Didn't Tapia so, get into that? No, I don't think no? so. I don't think any of us got into it. So, hmm. But uh, from what I had seen, fr- from out of everything I'd seen at Comic-Con, it was probably the thing I was most excited about. The trailer looked amazing, um, and now I can't wait till October. So, mm-hmm. Although I, I, wasn't, I wasn't keen on their booth. For as much space as they had, it was like a one... The AMC booth? The living room? The living room? The the Living Dead living room, yeah. Oh, my God. You didn't like the windows with the 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 video screens and the... 
No, I, I thought I thought I for thought creating an interactive experience that that was that was a pretty good use of space. And and the reason I say is because I've been in way too many uh, over the years where it's been just way too cramped. Right. Sure. Sure. I mean, it, it, it was just so huge. I was looking around for something else that was happening in there, and there really wasn't. It was made to accommodate <laughs> a bunch of people, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I thought that was. Then kind I of would the rather whole... have that. I mean, and compared mm-hmm. to like last year, I mean, I know the show wasn't that good, but but the prisoner, which was a lot of empty space, that one yeah. took up a lot of footprint. Um, and but what I think of other ones I've seen, what was that? Spe- were you there that year? They did species, and they kept the woman in the hyperbaric chamber. No, that was probably the like that was one that got them a complaint, and they cleaned up huh. the con afterwards. Uh, you know, Darn, was, I miss those because years. Because they just put a bikini model in a hyperbaric chamber for Species 3. And, you know, and they had a whole... What's wrong with bikini models? Um, they're trying to be a little more family-oriented. So yeah, zombies families are okay. don't go to the beach? Zombies are okay. But uh, putting zombies women on display okay. like, uh, like they're go-go dancers in a cage. The uh, cheerleaders mm. from hell were okay. So the zombie yeah, with his head blown off on hell? the couch. Huh? No, that was... I forgot what it was. The black and white cheerleader outfit fits, and the girls, and the goth. They've been around for a couple of years. Actually. Yeah, so I mean, there's always know. somebody that has a variation on that. So yeah. I, I didn't see that. But then I, there's a lot of stuff on the floor I didn't get to see. So I thought that the probably the most overdone promotion was probably the one for the alien. Uh, Archive the the three release of quadrology the, yeah, whatever, yeah and and they had I mean they, they had these huge the Blu-ray box set the huge fiberglass uh, chambers that the you lay down chambers. inside yeah. it the cryo and you watched you watched the most boring collection of clips from the movie with no new contact nothing content nothing nothing that connected them nothing that made sense to be watching it in that but you had a chance to sit in a cryo chamber isn't that cool yeah it wasn't all that cool I suppose. I, I I, all I know either. is I tried to like go up and do that, and they kicked me out. And I was like, why can't I sit in the cryo chamber? And they're like, sir, you don't have to drop down to your underwear like the Aliens movies. You just you just lay in this. And I was like, but I wanted to be real. I wanted to be exactly. authentic. Exactly. I'm glad so. they said what we didn't have the courage to say to you. You're glad they what? I'm glad they said to you what we oh. didn't have. Oh, well, you know, it is you in public. You could put your pants back now, on, Now, did too. Disney Films actually have their own booth? Because I, I never got around to that. I saw That's the tr- Tron booth. That wasn't Disney, though. That was actually Well, Jim on the Giant. map, it was... It was Disney? Because we looked on the map, looked okay. for Disney, and it was, was the Tron That was it. Okay, yeah. that, well, that's interesting, then, that they did that. That's uh, Which is funny, because it didn't really have any Disney... Uh, other than Tron. Merchandise. But it didn't say Disney anywhere. No, no. That's why I was... Usually they've had stuff, and they've given away, like, you know, Donald Duck stuff and, and so forth. So oh, yeah, last year they gave away, like, or a couple years, Tinkerbell wings or something. Yeah, and, and I got... Awesome. Uh, uh, one year I got a pirate ship with the Beagle Boys on it, and mm. uh, I got a car with Donald and his nephews, and so I was kind of looking for that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. so maybe they were just pushing this Tron thing. I don't uh, know. I don't know. They, they were, and the question out of that is, again, I heard a lot of people last week, well, I think Carr talked about it too, is are we alone in, in loving Tron? Is, it, is that movie going to be just like this huge... I know a lot of people that are non-comic-y nerds like us going, what? They're making a new Tron. That's awesome. Okay. Well, the funny thing is that they haven't they haven't got a re-release of the old Tron before no. the movie. So you I haven't scheduled anything. You know what? I'm going to say something here that might be a little controversial. Say it. But Disney had nothing to do with the Tron resurgence. Do you know who did? Juan the Lopez, Moron Life. Tron guy. Yeah. You ever seen Tron guy? <laughs> yes. When that guy popped up like two years ago, yep. everybody went, "What the heck is Tron?" 
And they all started looking at it again and checking it out and whatever. He must have popped up more than two years ago then because it I was mean, two. They, okay, it was more like four they, or five they years have ago. Because a video game which they're going to ignore. Well, yeah, but they they did a comic. I and saw everything. an extensive interview with that guy as to how he you know from his home getting oh, all dude, ready. Oh, he's going been to yeah he's yeah. been on all ki- types of TV shows and it's mostly people kind of going hmm, let's make fun of this nerd <laughs> right but they fail right and because the thing he's is, so sincere about right, it right and yeah. everybody just goes wow okay this guy's kind of geeky but. Yeah, he likes what he likes, and he's cool yep. about it. You know what I mean? He was just on uh, Tosh 2.0 on oh, yeah. Comedy Central, and before he was even on that, I saw him on some other show where everybody's like, we love the drawn guy. So, you know what? Disney should buy that guy at least a nice dinner or something, you know, or at least invite him to the <laughs> yeah, premiere. Like giving him a jack-in-the-box. Invite there. him to the premiere, because how awesome would that be? It's like, you know, the stars, Jeff Bridges oh. comes in, Olivia Wilde. Hey, here's Tron guy. Have him do a so. walkthrough in the movie. Oh yeah, he should totally have a cameo as like one of the programmers or right. something in the background because right, right, right. they owe Probably him does. a debt of gratitude. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they had. Can I bring something up that wasn't on the list? Uh, by all means, I don't think we're going to get any uh, video game coverage in here really, unless anybody else saw anything that was noteworthy. But I saw Red two Faction. two that were really cool for me. One was uh, Dead Rising Two. Which uh-huh. looks it looks like more of the same, and I don't have a problem with that. But the other one that was really blowing blowing people in the audience out of out of the what? water. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was uh, Halo Reach? D- they did a they did a session on a thing called Forge World, and this is a when you when you have Halo Three right now, you can build levels with a thing called Forge, where you get this big empty warehouse thing, yeah. and you can put things in it and build your own levels. Forge World, they've taken and made a whole world. And you can build structures on this world. It's just insane what they've done. The audience just couldn't stop so gasping those, for those air. Were all, well, I, and I wanted to ask Lon about this because I ran into a, Please. a a friend that was excited for a panel that meant, again, nothing to me, but I've heard you get, get excited about it before. The Marvel versus Capcom 3. Like, that was a really yeah. hard-to-get-in panel. That oh, was yeah. really... And so... That's a big game with gamers. Like, yeah. is it? I it's mean, it's just kind of one of those. Like, I think it's because I guess what, what and I don't know what the new version is, it, but that whole mashup of genres. Yeah, well, it was two franchises that joined. Right, but it was also it's also kind of classic two D side scrolling fighting game. Mm-hmm. But it also you know you can play like uh, uh, shoot I can't think of his name. Uh, Come on, help me out, Steph. Who's the gu- little guy with the gun? Uh, Mega Man? Mega Man, thank you. Uh, I kept wanting to say Metro Man. I'm like, no, it's not Metro Man. You can play Mega Man, and you can Metro play sexual. all the... Yeah, exactly. You can play, like, grooming. Strider. Good grooming Wolverine. Yeah, so, so, I mean, that for some reason, that game just became huge. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, gamers playing those fighting games with, like, multiple... You know, hit combos and everything else. It's right, like you yeah. know, people just got into that, and they work well head to head. I mean, they, I mean, yeah, and it's just it's a good time. You know, people have tons of parties, and you know, and they yeah. play, and it's just yeah, it's competitive, and yeah, people love the people love the franchise. Okay, so. and did you Rick get a chance to go by Sony and check out the DCU online I this year? Did look at it for a little bit. It didn't look all that different to me from the prior year. A little bit. I mean, uh, some things for, have improved. I, I wouldn't have thought it didn't look like it had a year's progress on. And I'm hoping that means that they've just they've firmed up the. Well, I'll tell you what they've it. added in that they did not have for us last year was a PV. You earn the right to a PVP where you can be Batman. You okay, can be the Joker, Harley Quinn, Nightwing. I think they're going to limit to House of Batman and House of, House of Superman. Uh, at first, 
But as they start getting more comfortable integrating and expanding, the, push the more out to you. then you'll get into being able to do a Green Lantern mission. Mm-hmm. Their big goal is at least I talked to this guy Tim Hill, who's one of the producers of the game, and he said his big dream is that they will get out to Oa. But right now it's limited to Earth. So um, I have uh, I have a special for us right now because I got by the BBC America booth. Yes, and I was able to interview them about the. Doctor Who role-playing games that are coming out, not one, but two, available right Ooh. now for download, and, I be and the a monkey. real bargain, a real bargain at about $5 for both of them. So I'm going to cut to that guy right now. Comic-Con. Fanboy Planet on the floor at Comic-Con, and I'm standing here with Ben. Ben, can you tell us, who are you and what do you do? Uh, I'm Ben Milsom. I'm the assistant producer for uh, BBC Worldwide in the games division, which has just kind of started. There's a press release announcing our announcement a couple of months ago. We're here today to show off the Dog 2 Adventure games, which have just come out in the United States, downloadable from a director drive. And these have been available in Britain for how long? Uh, probably about four or five weeks. We've been busy reversioning them. Okay, so they're month. relatively new for everyone. Yeah. Okay. And now these are a downloadable game. They're a downloadable game, yeah. So um, where would people go to get that? Get that? Sure, so they're PC-only, uh, downloadable from IGN, have a service called direct2drive.com, to the number. Uh, they're downloadable from there. There's, for the rest of July, there's a, a discount. Uh, I think they're around 3 or $4 for the two episodes. For okay. the rest of the... The rest of the year, that's about seven or eight dollars for the two episodes. So they're they're being released as episodes. Yeah. So it's almost like you're watching the old style Doctor Who, where they were doing like weekly episodes and be like five episodes for the whole story, or each one of them a different story. Each story is each episode is an independent story. Okay. They've been produced alongside the current series. They're written by people that write on the team for the show. And which Doctor are we looking at? We're there? looking we're at Matt Smith. It's all they're all they're almost complementary episodes to the current series. Okay. Uh, and they're voiced by the actors as well, and uh, they use the music from the show. So they feel like a complete uh, package. And it looks like is it all from the Doctor's perspective, or do you play you other play, player so characters? It's, it's a third-person 3D game. It's a third-person 3D game, and um, you play as the Doctor or you play as Amy, and you'll jump back and forth depending on the situation. Uh, there's lots of kind of traversing, running down corridors, of course. I think um, I saw a puzzle earlier. Yeah, there's mini-game puzzles that will come up to solve, normally hacking terminals, or there's a bit where you have to hack a Dalek terminal, and yeah, you learn, try and understand some of the Dalek symbol, symbolic language. Is it it's fairly kid-safe? Is it? Uh... It's absolutely kid-safe. The number one idea behind this game is they wanted to make a game for Doc 2 fans. As I'm sure you know, Doc 2 fans range from... Nine-year-olds to ninety-year-olds. Yes, and they wanted to. They actually really wanted to make a game that, even if you never touched a controller or, or a computer game before, you'll be able to jump into as a fan of the show and enjoy it. And you know, mate, I'd love to see people as a gamer myself and a game industry person see this being a gateway to non-gamers for more oh, sure. games. Yeah. So how many how many uh, episodes are there plotted out? Are they are they saying how many they're going to do? Or so because so there's two there's two out there's two in the UK there's two here as well there's two more coming. And after that, I, I, we, we haven't announced anything. Okay, so there's, it's currently planned for four episodes. Yeah. Okay. And what's what's the price on those? Uh, not um, discount notwithstanding? The discount notwithstanding, the price of the episodes is, I think it's six ninety nine for the two together. That's okay. obviously a package. That's a, real, that's a real bargain. Yeah, you know, they're two to three hours of gameplay for each one. So they're not full-length, 40-hour games. Okay. Because they've been designed as episodes. That you sure. Release you get the accomplishment game. of finishing it yeah. and feeling yeah. good about yourself. So it looks wonderful. I mean, I, 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 he's really recognizable as the Doctor. The animation looks really smooth. They've done uh, a great job. I mean, if you see some of the um, 
behind the scenes Starlink, uh, the behind the scenes Doctor Who shows. Uh, they talk. You see some of the some of the motion capture they did, and some of the voice recording they did on the show. So they've really tried to capture the essence of, of Matt Smith. So it's and like Karen. playing an episode of Doctor Who. It is exactly. That's exactly. It's structured that's in three great. acts, and it's written by the people, as I said. So yeah, it does feel like you're you're part of an episode. You're playing an episode. And the char- the act- characters are voiced by the actors themselves. Voiced by the actors. Yeah. Looking forward. I'm going to get it myself, and I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk great. to us today. Thank you very much. Hey, it's been fun. Thank you. Great. And we're back. So that, I really liked what that guy had to say. Uh, that'll be interesting when I, I can I can download that game myself. <laughs> yes, can, you can onto your PC. Well, I assumed that part, but yes. Yeah. Can and I download it now. into my brain? It is available right now. And I played through the first episode, and uh, not not all the way through, but it is probably targeted at the younger gamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not incredibly complex as far as adventure games go through, but it's How a about n- just the bad gamer. Say the, you the will lame have gamer. sitting next. You to will him. have a blast. You will have a lot of fun with okay. this. All the uh, characters that uh, I mean, the uh, doctor and Rose, Ro- not Rose, not Rose, <laughs> Amy, Amy, Amy uh, played by the actors. And uh, what can you say? It's like five, six bucks for, to download both of them. That's it. Okay. Sounds like a great deal. Anybody who's in Doctor Who should just download those now. Well, that's good to know. Um, so let's talk about uh, comics then. Let's get back into what's happening with us now, although I guess still transition. The great thing about going to a con is when we have the time to actually walk through the smaller press and catch books that we might not ordinarily see in the regular store. And you picked up, you ran into Neil Adams on, I did. on the way out. I Actually, two different booths because Neil was not at the Viking Publishing, I think it is, uh, booth that where the reconcilers is, was actually being pushed. He was down the down at the end of the hall in his own booth, but um, the, uh, the I stopped by and picked up the reconcilers. Uh, you've taken a look at it now too. It's uh, it's being pushed because the story goes they were developing this this graphic novel comic series and they discovered that up up one flight of stairs was Neil Adams. So they basically. Where were they? That would be up, up one flight of stairs. I don't know what city they were in. Adamsville. Adamsville. Okay. I, you know, I don't know. I the, don't know where Neil Adams. But uh, uh, but the they, they they were in an office building, and Neil Adams had an office above theirs. Okay. Through a number of, uh, I think actually, I think it was living room. I mean, I think was, that was where he lived. <laughs> the same apartment. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they they eventually they talked him into becoming involved in their project. He did he painted the cover for drew and ink mm-hmm. the cover for uh, for their book and gave them feedback. And if you um, the art from the non Adams art is actually quite good, noteworthy. This is what I would say is one of the most impressive things to me. I have not read the book yet. Rick just handed me a copy shortly before the podcast started, and um, that what I, I I really am happy to see a trend of books with good covers. From publishers I've never heard of uh-huh. that actually have interior art <coughs> that makes me want to go on. They didn't because, blow their budget on the cover. Yeah, yeah. there have been so many books where I've gone, great cover, and then I opened it up and go, oh, my Lord, who drew that? So you judged a book by its cover? Uh, no, I have not. I've opened them up and then seen inside, and I've judged from the interior. Oh, yeah. okay. Oddly I enough, thought you meant you picked them up because of the cover. They no, 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 no. I get handed a lot of things. Oh, okay. And okay. I'll take whatever they hand me, and then I look at it and go, ouch. I love Neil Adams' art. I like this cover. This cover, if you are looking at it, you're thinking you're getting a kind of uh, dark and gritty sewer science fiction story where they're fighting creatures and stuff. That cover does not represent the interior story, which is a very straightforward science fiction, um, social, techno 
kind of more economic of a world building story. Thing. Yeah, and yeah, I think so. they're, they're setting it up for a longer run because this is volume one. Yeah. So, okay. so that was a good I one. actually uh, I thought it was quite good and I recommend it. All right, and I picked up a book called Ozopolis. Um, About Ozzy Osbourne and Sharon Osbourne? No, unfortunately oh. for you. Uh, it was actually a continuation of Adventures in the Land of Oz, which, of course, is About Sharon Osbourne and Jack Osbourne? this year uh, because, of course, a lot of stuff is public domain. A lot of movie studios are, are developing this. And I thought by calling it o- by seeing that it was called Ozopolis that it was going to be one of those books where they did some weird sci-fi twist or something dark to it. And it really was a straightforward, sincere continuation of adventures of Dorothy and Glinda and Ozma in Oz. Uh, and who? Ozma. Ozma. Who's Ozma? Uh, in one of the books. I thought that's the condition you get when you can't breathe in Oz. No. That's oh, okay. Ozma. No, you get Ozma in Oz. You need I, your I got in, it. I got it. Now this joke yeah. has been completely You need your cowardly inhaler. Oh, my God. There's what? a dead horse over there. Wait a minute. It, <laughs> I think I saw it No, he's still alive. Lon wrote in on that dead horse. Yeah, well, so. Ozma, everybody. Uh, it's by a guy named uh, Kurt Cushion, and the artist is Gonzalo, Gonzalo Martinez. Kurt Cushion wrote a book that was actually published locally here. Um, I've read it. Comics Conspiracy with a comic shop down No, the, it's called uh, More Cushion for the Pushin'. No, actually, it was a book that you probably would have read called Babe Force. No, I don't read that schlock. No, you just look at the pictures. And uh, Still, so, I didn't read it. So he, he, yeah, he uh, wrote that years ago, and now I was back with this. And so knowing that, I was kind of expecting, again, that it, was, uh, that it would be a, a twist, and it really wasn't a twist. I thought, actually, pretty solid, as someone who's read several of the Oz books, that it fit, I'm, the story I'm, fit. I have a question for you. Sure. Is How, this a sincere question? Yes. In these Oz tales where Dorothy goes back to Because essentially in the first Wizard of Oz, don't we kind of realize or isn't it kind of revealed that... Oh, and by the way, spoiler alert, um, that it was all just a dream no, anyway? No, the movie. No, that's the movie. Oh, okay. So in the actual book... She's transported back, and, and, and yeah, there's there's tons of topography of Oz. And in fact, a, how does she in actually? Fact, Antam hadn't even noticed she was gone. How does she travel between worlds? Different is my ways. question. Yeah, different it's, ways, it's and different, different ways. Stories. In the first book, it's the it's the tornado, and then she has the the uh, silver slippers in the book that actually transport her back, and they're lost in the desert. Uh, she flies back. And so, they, like after she clicks her heels and comes home. Can she click her heels again and no, go back? Lo- did you just not hear me? They just she lost the shoes. No, I know, but I'm saying if she didn't, then okay. yes, they would have. Really? They, but they fell off in the in the. Desert. So these magic slippers, you can just click them and go jump back and forth to. Yes, so that's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, but then she uh, in the third book, actually, it was an earthquake. She fell into a crack in the earth in which they. Then did she break her mama's back? No. Oh, okay. With the wizard. Um, and so she, yeah, and, and Judy Garland was significantly older than Dorothy is in the books. Oh, that's right, because she's supposed to be like 12 or 13, yeah, right, or yeah. something? Yeah, and then she's eternally 12 or 13 because she's in Oz, and no one ages. Oh, that's a bummer. So no one dies, either. No one dies, yeah. Sure, but then you can't, like... Shush. I'm just going to say... Shush. Date. There actually is a Philip Jose Farmer novel along those lines. You Barnstormer can go of Oz. Barnstormer in Oz. You can, uh, you can get that, so... That sounds dirty. I don't want to read it. Okay. I want to keep my. Yeah, there's no graphic novel adaptation. I want to so keep my Oz. I want to keep my Oz pure, ignorant, uh, so, pure and lovely. Uh, and then we got. Uh, so I, I want to say that you can go to ozopolis.com and order that. It's not available through Diamond, but if you're interested, o z o p o l i s dot com. Uh, it, it's a solid book. So I'm actually looking forward to uh, continuations in that. And uh, we got uh, contacted by the by, by a couple of filmmakers who did a film that was at Comic-Con last year called Hero Tomorrow. 
uh, about a, a guy who whose girlfriend makes him a, a superhero suit and he kind of gets uh, stuck sort of fighting crime on the streets of Cleveland, kind of like a hero at large, uh, defendor, kind of, uh, even a kick-ass kind of thing. Um, and so they did a tie-in comic that right now is online, but I think it is available at uh, through Diamond, um, called Apama. Mm-hmm. The, how's that sub- subtitle? The Undiscovered right? Animal. The Undiscovered yes. Animal. So it's sort of like it's supposed to be the book that the character in the movie would have written and drawn, although I think also that the character name has got a little blurred. So, um, Apama. Apama. So I, How did I, that read on your monitors? It was a little small for my uh, eyes. However, I did kind of like the interface where, you know, the pages turned. Uh-huh. And um, I guess there probably was a zoom function. Did anybody see a zoom function? I, I did use a zoom function because yeah. it's very small in my eyes. Yeah, I could I was, I was going to say being for, significantly older. Hmm. Uh, Given that that was a like a one-shot reader for that book, I'm assuming. I haven't seen that, that particular set of software anywhere else. Really good. I mean, I, I thought that the that experience actually, of I've reading was quite with, good. Um, that's what CrossGen had years ago. Is it? That's the format that CrossGen was using. You're talking well, about I mean, the actual I'm, software? This software implementation. Oh. I mean, that, that's similar to what CrossGen did, did years ago. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mind the software. I thought the interface was pretty but good. But you were not all that impressed with the story? Um, I just think... Oh, first of all, I was very impressed with the artwork. Um, I thought the artwork was consistent and the coloring was great. Like, normally on these indie books, you know, you get kind of crappy coloring and... Yeah. Um, you know, and the artwork I couldn't I couldn't figure out who it was reminiscent of. I almost want to say the Cuberts, but it's not Valmeric. Bashima. I was thinking Bashima. There okay. were there were many poses that were right out of it. I, I, mean, I just, went I went on the web and looked at the old man thing and uh, um, books that he did at yeah. the time, and it's just like it's just so evocative of. Well, of, the, the the intent they were having was to make it look like a like a seventy three to seventy five Marvel. And we should just mention that it is now chaos in the store. It is chaos. Um, I think a bus of, uh, of people who want to go gambling just Someone has off. let Anapama loose in Elusive Comics and Games. Yeah. And, uh, it's chaos. Thought, you know, you look over there, it looks like all the 17 to 19-year-olds have, have aged like 10 years at once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's really weird. They don't die. That's like they multiply. And more people are coming in. No, it's 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 too much now. The fire marshal is going to shut this place down. Wow, could could you imagine? I Elusive could. comics burned to the ground today. No, 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 no burned down. And it's shut down by the fire. And marshal. we lost fifty geeks. I have a pen in my bag. Stab! You, you have a what? stab oh, his man. eyes. <laughs> Save that scene. Save yourself. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, what were we talking about before the Pama. chaos? Oh, Pama. and uh, I need yeah, a Pama right now. It was definitely evocative art-wise. Art I thought story-wise too. So kind of the explanation. Um, the idea. Did you, did you read the whole thing? Yeah, I could not. I do that get through the whole Lon, thing. I do read entire. Books. You know what? You know. Okay, first of all, I want to let me just the highs and lows. Artwork was great. Uh, the interface I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, once it it got to the part where okay, this is the part I liked the best. Because me and a friend actually did make a tournament like this. The Animal Kingdom fighting tournament. Yes. Me and my, me and my friend actually made brackets and did a similar thing like that. And I thought that was awesome. What would, what would they say? The two-day uh, gorilla alligator fight or something like that? <laughs> yes. Right. And I thought all that was awesome until they introduced the Apama. And it was like, Hi, you can still be the king of the jungle. 
I don't want to rule your land or something. And I was just like, oh, brother. Well, they wanted to have an excuse to create a new mythical beast. And, sure, and, but uh, to have him be kind of high and mighty, self-righteous, just make him a badass animal. You don't have to make him a prick, you know what I mean? So I was okay with that. I thought uh, it was an interesting... And it, it did feel, I think, Rick emailed me back and said it reminded him of Steve Gerber, and I thought that was kind of the, the loopy thing that Steve Gerber was. Yeah, it was It was kind of like Omega or even the Simon Garth zombie stuff. I mean, it had yeah. a lot of the same kind of so, feel. So you can uh, check that out at www.herotomorrow.com. The sad thing is I emailed them back, and it was because they sent me the link before Comic-Con. But I emailed them back, and I said, so I guess maybe I'll hook up with you at Comic-Con, and I'll do an interview. And they said... Well, we put all our money into launching this. Oh. We can't actually afford to fly out. Poor guys. So, um, well, I mean, that's, there's, no, no, I there's mean, a thing there. It's expensive, and they're out yeah. of Cleveland, and uh, it is expensive to get there. You know, because the thing, the other thing, to get back to Comic-Con just a little bit is, with Comic-Con being what it is, the only way that Comic-Con can actually continue paying for itself, basically, is they can't expand their tables, so they have to raise the rates on their tables. Yeah. And then... They don't have a deal with the airlines. The airlines are expensive as all get out. Mm-hmm. And at least they managed to freeze the hotel prices for the next three years. But even those, it's not like they're particularly reasonable. No. You know what's going to start happening with Comic-Con since it's already branching out into the, the towns, you know, yeah. into the streets? Just move. Tent city. Every, I mean, basically, just mo- it's going to be different hotels. You want your independent... Uh, you know, you want your comic portion of Comic Con. You're gonna have to go to the Marriott and go to their little convention area. You want your you Hollywood want party stuff. with Fanboy Planet Harbor View Inn. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's kind of what happened to CES. CES was in two different parts of Las Vegas, and it was in any number of hotels around town. Well, I mean, that's I mean, essentially, I mean, the pan, even panel wise got so crazy. Mm-hmm. That even Robert Rodriguez is is renting out a parking lot. You know what I mean to do his presentation. You know what I mean, like. You know, it's just well, wait, it's I, spilling I out into the street. Didn't he do a machete panel? No, there was no machete panel. That I don't was it? think the part, the party was it. Yeah, that was their wow. panel, and we got in. Wow. Yeah, that was weird. That was cool. That was a small panel then, because I think he would have. Well, had I mean, more they opened to, it up to the people on the street and everything. A and few, but they, it really wasn't. But it was also that screen was so big, people that you weren't in the party could have saw it too. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, well, that was a cool alternative. It's, again, you know, thank street you, marketing. Thank you, Mon, for the Moron Life crew being there filming, and we got a really nice video up there. And uh, on, it was on a good time. So thank you, Derek, for getting us in. Oh yeah, and I won't say anything else. Okay, let's talk about. Uh, We're supposed to interview, but a comic that you are ca- catching up on, The Walking, not or you're caught up on, The Walking Dead being very popular at Comic Con. Oh. What's happening in the book right now? I can't. I, I you can't really talk about what's going on. Without spoiling it, because The Walking Dead has a weird kind of fan base in the sense that there are people who are caught up, like me. There are people who are just reading the trades. Like me. There are people who are going back, you know, mm-hmm. now and going, oh, there's a TV show? I want to ch-. Like, we were just here, I was here on Sunday hanging out with the store uh, employee, Rob Wilson. And um, basically that... Uh, you know, some kid came in. And, I, yeah. was, I was there. I was oh. still there. I was still I mean, there he came in happened. asking for The Walking Dead, and, you know, and it's like... And what's there between the hardback and the paperback? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those where... So you can't really talk about what's going on, but I will talk about that the big deal was the 75th issue, mm-hmm. which they, they had a special Comic-Con cover that uh, that you could buy exclusively there. I didn't pick up. Um, 
But basically, there's a freaky, you know, of course, Walking Dead is always known for its endings, you know, its trippy endings and cliffhanger endings. Yeah, and yeah. This one basically, uh, you know, I think it was more of a tongue-in-cheek ending and just kind of fun because, you know, Kirkman was, you know, pretty much celebrating 75 issues of the book. But it has one of the strangest endings I've read in that book in a long time. It kind of reminded me of Savage Dragon in a weird way, which is another image book. Um, So maybe he took a page out of Eric Larson's uh, playbook and went with this. You'll have to check it out and see for yourself. But um, it'll be, I'll be curious to see issue 76, how they, I can cut this out later. Are you you talking about the aliens? Yeah. yeah, That's a joke. No, I know it's a joke, but what I mean is, is just the fact that he threw that in. Okay. To you know appease you know whatever. Oh, but he's been, just, he's just been talking about issue right, right, seventy five right. will have aliens in it forever. Yeah. But just stopping stopping his book and then do and it, it was in color. Too, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I'll check it out. so it's kind of a weird treat to the fans. Well, I, you know? I I saw an interview with him where he was saying people were coming up to the cons. Are you spoiling the book? You know, it's a joke. It's not right, really right, part right. of the story. Yeah. No, I got that. But yeah. what I mean is, is just. How wacky is that? Just yeah. kind of, oh, it's just wacky. It's good. And a reminder to he's a funny guy. That it is still just comics. Say again, what? It's a reminder too that it is still just comics. sure, and that's fun. And 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 it was fun to read. It was just and it it was a treat to anybody who had been caught up at that point. Yeah, you know, he brought back fan favorite characters and stuff like that, and it was cool. fun. So. Just a trippy little ending, 75. Well, how about uh, G.I. Joe Hearts and Minds? I saw that was uh, on the stand. You know again. what? I like Max Brooks. I know you do. I, lo- I love Max Brooks. I'm going to say it right now. Max, are you listening? I love you. Come back to us, baby. Come back. He might. Um, but I have to say, as a G.I. Joe fan, and I, he, I'm sure he's a fan as well, too. Yeah. I cannot support Hearts and Minds. I'm sorry. Um, the la- although I will say this, number three that just came out, I think last week, was uh-huh. probably the best half of one since. Um, he did one with a G- an obscure G- uh, Cobra character called Interrogator, and that was that first half of the book. Because usually the book is split into halves. It's a half Cobra story, half G.I. Joe story. And minds? I guess. I think it's dumb and dumber, but... Um, but this one was actually probably the most yeah, intriguing. That'll bring Brooks back. Yeah. That was intri- This one was the most intriguing one to read. The interrogator story it was really good. But then he follows it up with this kind of wishy-washy story about Deep Six, which was more art than story. And it's really just kind of one of those things where it's like I I learned more about the GI Joe characters in the comics through their adventures and through their their test of character and their merit in the stories uh-huh. and the storylines. And these are these are ones that are trying to get into their hearts and minds and tell us more of an interpersonal story. And it's just not it's not GI Joe. It's just not, and it's not interesting. It's not fun. And I've been disappointed. So, okay, okay. there you go. Um, all right. And last week also hit the stores I long awaited. Torchwood number one, an American uh-huh. comic. At well, I shouldn't say it's an American. Is it comic. a real American comic? No, it's oh, not. Okay. It's really it's from Titan Books, which is the British company trying to break into the American market. Um, with a story written by John Barrowman and with art by Tommy Lee Edwards called the Selkie. And uh, there was another story in there too. And I, I, I'm under the impression that they were in the Torchwood magazine. That's a fan magazine that gets run in. So you think reprint? I think they're reprints from uh, uh, what has been in the, United, in the UK earlier. 
Uh, Stephanie, did you pick that up? No, no you didn't. No, I forgot. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I know you as a Torchwood fan. I know. You get the photo cover and drool. I did. Um, and you bought it, but you haven't read it yet. No, I so haven't I bought like, it. I was um, going to wait for the trade until so, you... I, mean, uh, I thought it was well... No, no, no. Well, see, here's the thing. I was Like I said, I bought it because I thought, well, I want to see what John Barrowman did. And actually, it's not a bad story. Mm-hmm. It's just that when we don't really know what's going on with Torchwood, um, and it doesn't seem to me like, like these stories are necessarily canon, though they're clearly dealing with a status quo... Between seasons two and three. Okay, so it's with the full cast of. It's not after. No, it's not after. It's not after Children of Earth. It's okay. only before Children of Earth, but it's the status quo after season two. Okay. So, but I guess what I feel is like, well, if you're not going to tell me this is really what happened, it's nice and all to have more Torchwood adventures, but I'd rather just see what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? I think so. Like I read Buffy season eight because. That is what's right. You know, that's counted as that is the official continuation of Buffy. Mm-hmm. I will buy the Pushing Daisies comic because that's going to be the official continuation of Pushing Daisies. That kind of stuff. So, uh, Torchwood was a quality book, and if you don't mind that it doesn't really fit in the canon, then I would say go ahead and get it. But um, have you I, been reading season eight, Buffy? No, I haven't. Uh, have you? Yeah. Okay. You I caught up? I just said I did. You're I, caught all caught you, I caught you what? Yes, I am. So it's hard to hear you, Derek. There's just so much Sorry. background so noise. much chaos going yeah. on. Yeah, I know. And there's a 12th level cleric causing some sort of uh, kerfuffle. Oh, really? Is that yeah. what's going on? The one with cupcakes smeared on his chin. Um, yeah, that's the one thing, cupcakes. too. If you're gonna If you're going to come crash a comic shop... You need to bring treats for people. Yeah. Absolutely. That's and the rule. to your podcast crew, which no one oh, seems yeah. to have dropped uh, any oh, treats totally. on us. No, no, no. Um, what do you think about the, the Twilight Loved changeover it. right now? I mean, as far as... Does I it feel wait. right I to will you? Wait. It doesn't really quite, and I'll wait and see what happens, because apparently Spike's coming in, and then there'll be some right. explanation there. And, but uh, it just feels like, oh, Twilight was so bad, and then, oh, it's Angel, so now he, now it's all okay. That was not yeah. I, I don't know. So I think it's one where I have to kind of look back and hundreds see. of slayers are dead now, but it's angels, so it's okay. Spoiler alert! But that's the level that. Uh, yeah, you're right. In some levels, because now Fox is going to be releasing in I think it's October Buffy season eight as a motion comic. Right. The controversy being they're not paying the creative team for that at all. Uh, didn't we have a writer strike that uh, oh, but fixed none of that? that? But none of that stuff was negotiated. Because don't do it then. Because that's the writer's st- strike was for uh, DVD and Blu-ray. No, no, no. The writer's strike was for film and television writers. Oh. Oh. It was not for comic book writers. I see. So if Brad Meltzer writes an arc, Brad Meltzer writes an arc as a comic book writer, and there is no union of comic book writers. So and no union of comic book artists that apply towards film and television. So well, yeah. then don't work for Buffy anymore. Well, who, you know, they didn't know when it was starting that they were going to turn into motion comic and that there'd be that ancillary market. Mm-hmm. So, I think you should I, go on I strike. Really, I really wish the studio would treat them right that way. You know, it, it's just as they had digital comics for a long yeah. time without any. Studios should treat their employees right, shouldn't they? What are you implying, Lon? Nothing. Am I not treating you right? No, no, not you. Oh, okay. I just mean the studios. <laughs> they don't. Why do you think the studios? They don't treat their people right. I'll buy you some M and M's later. That's about you do me right all the time, oh, Daddy. Thank you. What do we have next? Uh, uh, 
continued showers with uh, spots of uncomfortability. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, today the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund announced that they have a new head, which is uh, oh, can I guess? Okay, Harvey well, Birdman, attorney at law. No, oh. that would be uh, it he's would a comic book kid. Sure. Okay. Uh, but it would actually be a real person, Larry oh. Martyr, who uh, was... Uh, Kid, does he dress up like a superhero when he goes into the court and stuff? No, that's not what they do. do you, I'm just do thinking, though, wouldn't idea, that be cool, do though? Do you have any idea what the comic book legal no, defense No, I know. If you're, but, I mean, if you're the head <laughs> of the comic book legal, legal defense club, or whatever it's called... Fund. Don't you think, like, just as a prerequisite, it'd be okay if you cosplayed while you did your work? You do get a chair with a big high back and your icon at the top of the chair back. I don't know what that means. That's it. But, um, yeah, I just think it'd be fun. Well, he was director of publishing at uh, Image for a while. Okay. And uh, okay. he has a, an interesting series uh, being Does he have a gavel right that shoots laser beams? No, no, Because no. he, he doesn't do superhero comics. Oh, he does boo. a series called Tales of the Bean World. Oh. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, well, my people have heard of it, but. Uh, that's it. Oh, what? Okay. Backing Sorry. me into a corner where I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> It's an interesting series. I, I just uh, I've I did never read it. It was published by Eclipse. In it, is it about originally. Boston? No. It's about a world where everybody is human beans. beans is beans. Oh. It's bizarre. Uh, is there a guy named Cool? But I read it and started thinking. I started really liking it. It took me a few stories to get into it, and, and I was just going to put it down and say, "Oh, uh, I don't get it. I get what the, the the reputation is." And then when I actually finished the first collection, I went, and now I'm, I'm getting it. He's operating at an interesting level. Wait, and it was the 80s. A lot of weird things got, got popular in the 80s, but this one lasts. It's actually doing literature. So. Now, wait, do the beans eat humans? No. Oh, okay. No, they make so kind of a protein-y soup out of some other stuff they gather. It's hard to explain. It's really hard to and explain. And you said it came out in the 80s? It did. Is this like from the same era where like there was Ninja Turtles yes. and yes. radioactive hamsters? Flaming and carrots. Yes, flaming carrots. Okay. That's all, yeah, that makes sense. Lines, yeah. A lot of people tried and to cash it, in on and, that and trend. And Love yeah. and Rockets start what, tr- a trend of vegetables. Well, just wacky Legumes. anthropomorphic Milk creations or whatever. Milk and cheese. Oh, that was a good series. Yeah. Um, Case in point. At Love and Rockets. I just actually read the first collection of that for the, for the first time. and went, okay, I get that one. Um, you know, and 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 one I just read again. It's hard, and it's up for Harvey this year. Asterius Polyp. Did you read that from no, David Mazzucchelli, who was the artist on Batman Year One? Really interesting graphic novel. Really interesting. Really. So I'm saying it not for you. Asterius, because it's it's. it's, it's What's it called? Asterius. Asterius Polyp. Asterius up for a Harvey Polyp. Award for best graphic novel. I think it was up for an Eisner. I don't think it won. But, but was uh, that? Was that the story, though? He new, Comic Book Legal Defense Fund has a new guy? He has a new guy. Okay. Larry Murder's in charge there. Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, for those who are not aware, are those uh, people who... It's a fund for people who get uh, into legal trouble. Often, uh, people who are so-called underground comics artists who... Don't have the money to defend themselves. Who the community, the local community at a comic shop might declare. A lot of times you'll go to a convention, you'll see a booth. There will be one each of, of a bunch of items with a late, with a sticker price on it. And basically that's the Comic Defense Fund. And they're, they're selling donations there to get money at the con. So you should go to there and buy something. And don't be looking for a bargain. Get you know Pay them yeah, more than it costs. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, you get a donated book and, and they help uh, uh, comic artists and authors. Uh, Comic book store need. owners sometimes too, yeah. uh, because a couple of comic book store owners have been busted on 
obscenity charges, I think in Florida in particular. Um, and, it, it, you know, it's about freedom of speech, and freedom of speech isn't actually And it's also free about us taking care of one another. That's right. You know what I mean? We, none of us, like the, like we the, don't have Disney money if, you know, our character gets sued or something. Right. You know what I mean? Or if we don't Disney have Warner Brothers. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So we need the CBLFD or whatever they're called again. CBLDF. I got it close. And the, CBLBD. You no, know, there at post worth also bring up again the Hero Initiative, which is for those to kind of create uh, for medical bills and retirement for those creators that. Uh, and that used to be Actor, right? Yeah, that used to be okay. Actor. I always get that confused. Yeah, uh, a commitment to our roots. Uh, so, got it. Because a lot of the older older creators didn't really invest well or didn't save well. Or they, they didn't get paid well. And they weren't paid well, yeah. So um, They didn't have crazy licensing uh, residuals back that's then. That's true. That's true. And a lot of people um, suffered and had to break ground to, to uh, fight for that those rights. For their right to party. And going back to our roots, uh, certainly your roots as a comic book reader, go back to the 90s. I want to take you back to the 90s. Yeah. And who was your favorite Marvel character from the 90s? Ooh. Um, oh, I know this one. Uh, Nomad. Jack Monroe Nomad. Oh, no. Really? I'm not going to make you happy. Uh, okay, let really. me think. Uh, no, no. That was good. I was going to you know, just ask an honest opinion. Not the 90s? Uh, Spider-Man 2099? Oh, you, you're a big fan of Spider-Man No, not really. No. Um, okay. He was Latino, wasn't he? I don't Miguel, remember. yes. Yeah, that's yes. true. Um... um Sorry, uh, there's a bag of <laughs> gummy worms. Jedi, Jedi powers on that gummy trying. bag. That was amazing. Lon tried to use his Jedi power. The Force. Wait, wait. Oh, wait, for gosh sakes. Over here. Oh, oh, no. Lon can't have any gummy worms. Wait, wait. Lon can't wait. have any oh, gummy worms. Oh, yeah. This could oh, yeah. be the most pathetic moment <laughs> in the history of the podcast. Dude, ahead. there's a giant bag of gummy worms coming by. Hey, and psh, now hey, it's gone. Psh, oh, what a jerk. And there's a bag of candy, too. <laughs> what did you just guy. say? Hate him. What did you just say? I didn't say anything. Okay. Anyways, Thunderstrike. Uh, if I say Thunderstrike, is that a Thunderstrike! name for magic? An ACDC song? No. Is there a ACDC no. song? Thunderstrike. Sure. Anyways, no, Thunderstrike. Yeah. Who's that? Weren't you a reader of Thunderstrike as a child? Uh, that was the uh, the, Thor. the bargain basement basement Thor. Oh, that was like Thor's replacement or something, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Back when everybody was getting replaced back in the nineties. Yes. yes. The, he kind of had a haircut like that one guy walking around here. <laughs> yeah, ponytail, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He, was ponytail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he had a weird ass hammer. Uh, a what? Yeah. A weird as Asgardian hammer. <laughs> <laughs> nice save. Clever. Saved himself a monkey. Did he have asthma? No, I'm kidding. Anyways. It was like, it was all (laughs) strange, almost hatchet looking like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was more of a, uh, what is it? Thyroid case ball peen thing. Yeah, it was like a ball teen. Ball teen. (laughs) Ball teen? Ball teen. Oval teen? Oval teen teen hammer. Yeah. Chocolatey goodness. It was more of a chisel-like hammer or something. And uh, it was like a stick. I never actually read his adventures. Did you? I never did, I but did. I just his story was he was like a construction worker. Yep. Yeah, what was his? He didn't have a weird he had name. A, he like had a Swedish name. Eric too. Bjornberg yeah, or something. something. Like <laughs> Bjorn Borgstein or something. Uh, Swedish chef. Yeah, yes. he had the weird. But then I thought he died though. Four, four, four. Did he? Did he die? You would have to tell us. Uh, I don't believe As he died one? in the series. He might have died later. But. Yeah, he died later. I thought sacrificing his life for something. No so. one dies forever in the Marvel Universe. Okay. Don't tell me, being yeah. brought back by Did Tom he DeFalco. die as, as a r- ramification of the new world? Where they sure. 
and and uh, there was the thing where the Asgardians were like dispersed and rediscovered. Not almost. Ragnarok, no. No, that wasn't Ragnarok. But they 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 got dispersed, and then when they brought back Thor and Asgard, they were all like yeah, people on Lost Earth. God that they had series to find. or yeah, exactly. You know, the Lost exactly. I don't think he was Asgardian. And, uh, and uh, no, he wasn't. But uh, but as a result of the gods, and Thor went back to tales to astonish numbering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's all strange. I don't know. Yep. So clearly not as excited about the 90s revival, but I'm sure there are people that are that will be uh, very excited about that. And while we're on it, let's move on to movie stuff because the Thor footage from Comic-Con came out, and you saw it there at Hall H. So no, <laughs> um, people have I think got we all to did. stop walking by with food. Didn't we all see it? I yes. saw it online D&D now stands for Dine and Dash. Yeah, okay. In front of me. Oh, boy, well, we'll get food soon enough. Um, all right, let's just go. First, before we talk about it, I just want to do, uh, I liked it or I didn't like it. I'll start. I didn't like it. Steph? I liked it. Rick? I loved it. I liked it. Interesting. Now let's discuss. Okay. What right. did you like about it, Derek? Uh, I thought that uh, I was really liking the Loki, the portrayal of Loki. The Loki performance of it? No, or no, the, just that he had the... Uh, could you resist just What did once? you like about it, Steph? No, I'm not done. You were, you you were said the Loki. No, no. Okay, go ahead. Um, the Loki? I, I'll tell really? You, I'll tell wait, you wait. the one thing that really bothers me is I don't know why he has an Australian accent when <laughs> when he wakes uh, up on Earth. When Anthony Hopkins has his a British, British accent. accent. Yeah. And there is a difference, and if they didn't bother making Hemsworth do a different accent, that, that it bothers me. bothered me a lot. And, but and let's go... Let's just because he never sounded Australian in my head. It's the same problem with like, what that idiot from Clash of the Titans. He's not an idiot. Sam. Right, but he has that quote where he's all, You are an old man and a fool! It was like, um, wouldn't Thor say thou... Yeah, they didn't actually go with a. Thou art an old man and a fool. I, if he would have said it like that, I'd have been all, okay. I'm on board. But mm-hmm. it, and then like, there's that one result. Oh great, I'm on Earth. It's Midgard. Thor always says Midgard. He never says Earth. Right? Am I right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, make a good point. However, for a trailer, if he woke up and said, "Oh great, I'm on Midgard," most of the audience would go, "What?" Thank you. So all, it, all that takes is uh, Jane Foster, whatever her name is, going, Midgard? You're on Earth. Yeah, exactly. See how Why easily that's... muscles. Yeah, see how easily that's fixed? Okay. And uh, uh, Steph, okay, let's, go, let's go around, because I have a lot to say. Um, I really like the really? scenes of Asgard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I bought into the costumes after seeing that, but I didn't really get the um, whole 3D Oh god, Thing? the 3D was terrible. Yeah, so I, I, I saw it online. Well. I didn't yeah. see. Well, I don't see the point of it. I what, really yeah, don't. What, what 3D I, uh, aspect do you need? Was it filmed originally in 3D? No, no, no it's post being converted. Being converted okay. afterwards. Rick, so uh, like Stephanie, I totally bought Asgard. I love the fact that they introduced it as going out in the cosmos, and when you were on, so on Asgard, you'd saw two planets there, and it's it was it was Kirby's Asgard, is as close as you're going to get in a movie. Costumes. I loved the costumes before. I loved them more. I loved squir- the squared off way uh, Thor's cape comes across his armor in the back. This right out of the comic books. I would have never thought they were going to spend that much attention to detail. And um, I think that the the idea. I, I love the fact that 
well, spoiler. No, it's not a spoiler if it's in not the trailer. Not if it's on a trailer. Yeah. So the Which fact you that can find on the he goes up, website. he goes up, and he can't get the hammer the first time, and he's gonna have to, he's gonna have sword to sword in the stone. It is, it is the, it is the story of of Thor being banished to Earth minus a little do, do, lame Doctor Blake. Um, and they say and they're going to miss that. I, I, I wouldn't mind if they had that. But I can see how they don't necessarily want to confuse the audience with... Well, and the Ultimate Thor doesn't have a Don Blake identity. Right. So that's what I think they were... I think they were... They were... Yeah, it's, it's not so much a... Uh, it's not so much a Green Lantern story. You know, it's not that I found the article. It's like I re-achieved the right to use my hammer, you know. So... He um, proved himself worthy. I'll give you the I'll give you the points on the language and the and the dialogue. The dialogue fell flat for me in a couple of the scenes that they showed. Oh, just the writing overall. And, and what was I find bad. disappointing about it is that the whole reason that you bring in Kenneth Branagh is because he can right. direct his way sure, around sure. iambic pentameter, and then they don't even make the effort. And maybe right. they'll reshoot some stuff. What maybe. I, I what the other it. part that I thought was absolutely awesome, destroyer. All right. Can, okay. So now, are, you want to? It's your. We're going in the circle. So it's your turn. Um, well, because I just want to rip on it. I think I have a, a larger problem that has kind of been nagging at the back of my head since because you guys described it, though it hasn't come leaked online. The Captain America footage. Captain America footage is totally unofficial. It was just no, no, no. I understand, but, but what I understand, no, 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 no. They were no. saying they had red. Skull. No, they had the first four the, the, days of, of yeah. filming. Oh, the you red, mean that red skull sequence? That, I thought yeah. you were talking about the. No, I'm not talking about trailer. the trailer. But what? I, but what the the Captain America uh, official quote unquote uh, footage that showed involving the Red Skull uh, implied very strongly that uh, he was getting going into Odin's tomb. Picking out was it Odin's tune or he's looking for Odin's something or other? But but what, I guess here's my problem. There was some confusion. Is by doing this, they are tying everything too closely together. I agree. Yeah. I, and, and like I'm okay with. And Tom Hiddleston's kind of leaked that Loki is pr- going to make an appearance in the Avengers. That's really not a surprise if you know your Avengers history. Right. But to 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 entwine movie origins with each other so closely when it's like no, they really. I don't need them to be all that entwined. I don't think people need them to be, nor were they originally. I think it depends on how crucial that that origin is for whatever they're looking for and how that comes out of it, and whether or not it actually is supposed to be Thor's Asgard versus some representation that was created on Earth or whatever. Yeah, I I don't know. The implication from the trailer of Thor is that he is thousands of years old. He does know. He's mm -hmm. been to Earth before, or Midgard, if you will. Um, and you know, didn't like it then. So I, I guess I just don't need it all so carefully entwined because I think where the the though I love it as a fan, as a critic, if I can call myself that, or just a reviewer, a person who understands film, is these movies need to be designed to be able to stand on their own, right? Because the, and they're not doing that. When they showed that that uh, cap footage and they open up the. The tomb, and this—I don't know if this is a spoiler alert or not—but they, they, there's obviously a cube-like thing sitting on a corpse, right? And the whole place just starts cheering, like "Wow!" Cosmic cube, and right? Then you but the Mercado. Well, no, no, but, and five of us go. Wah! Well, no, but goes, what's funny is, is Billy. <laughs> and I, Billy leans over and goes, "Why are they all cheering?" You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and Billy's more mainstream. The big geometry than, fans. Know. Yes, we love cubes. Yeah, they're really into Rubik's. Really <laughs> <laughs> spins it. Yeah. So okay, but, go ahead. Uh, Just no, let, let my, go, man. Let go. Sorry, but uh, 
No, I'm giving you the chance. Go Problems. Uh, first of all, they started off with this total, like, okay, the bad writing with, you know, Agent Coulson, Paulson? Coulson. Coulson interrogating Thor, and oh. he uses one of the cheesiest lines from every bad 80s action movie. He's all, you made my highly trained men look like hourly paid mall cops or something like that. And I'm like, dude, that's straight out of, like, Steven Seagal or something. That was so bad. Um, then they show him punching a bunch of guys, and they just didn't even bother to, like, make a new punch sound. They just stole, like, punch sounds from, like, old cartoons. It's like... Was there a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like all these just really bad punching, like, bone-crunching sounds, and it sounded so cheesy and bad. Granted, that could just be for the trailer, yeah. and I understand that that's fine. Um, I dig the look of, you know, his beard and everything else, but his hair is just too... Like perfectly LA cut, like trimmed edges. And I will tell you what it looks like to me. It looks like the Mego figure from the seventies. <laughs> but it's just—it's so perfect. It's rooted. His... It's it's rooted lifelike hair. It's right. Great. It just looks so <laughs> cheesy and bad. Um, I do like the looks of the costume. However, they don't—they feel brand new and made for a movie. Whereas I feel like if these are warriors that have been fighting for many, many, everything in the movie is polished, clean, and sterilized, and it's like. If you're going to be a warrior, it's coming from the back. Like, how many, how many sword and sorcery this, movies have we seen? This. If you are a god. That was the phrase but I was they're not a god. With. They are gods. But we're saying they're not if they live in space. But they're claiming they are. Okay. Even if a, you're the king, you've got somebody who buffs your armor. Okay, but even if you're... Someday you'll get Even there. if you have buffed armor, it's still going to... And in a fight, it's still going to be bad. I'm just saying, it doesn't look realistic and used. It doesn't look like it exists in the I world. do understand. That's your, my problem. I, I do. Um, I, I, I can see that. I don't like... How he's banished to Earth, and then he goes through the Stargate. You know, it's like, and it was just. I did want to see the Rainbow Bridge. Well, I yeah. did want to see the. It Rainbow was kind of, but the, the stars did, uh, were. Did different. we see Heimdall? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But all he did was go, like he was yeah. a Snake Man. Um, but no, the Stargate was. There were different colors coming through, okay, so that was again, your Rainbow Bridge. Oh, okay. Then I want a literal Rainbow you Bridge, want the, but uh, you didn't get it. We want the double the, Rainbow Bridge, but you know. <laughs> What does it mean? <laughs> but what I... <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> but, but I guess the thing is, now if you show that to an audience, what they go is, what, is he a Care Bear? Uh, you know, sure, or, but or My Little Pony? There were just so many bad parts. The double drop kick that he used that uh, was okay. stupid. Like, Thor's going to drop kick somebody? Thor, he can just punch somebody. It was just, there was a lot of wrong stuff. Um, I didn't like... Uh, oh, and you said the Destroyer. Yes, I'm excited Destroyer's in the film. I love the fact that he says, is that one of Stark's? No, but see, that's that the problem I had. It's like the Destroyer, when the Destroyer shows up in the comics, he invokes fear because it's like, oh my God, Thor cannot stop this. You know, you see the Destroyer go, oh man, that's serious. It's like, in this, it's a punchline. You know what I mean? He shows up and they're telling well, jokes about it. Well, but, but no, I don't think that was a joke. I think that's the logical thing. You've just had <laughs> oh, Iron Man. Oh, it makes sense. You've just had Iron Man 2 right. where you've had a phalanx of drones that look no, a lot like. And, and I'll, honestly, because I'm not the Thor fan that I think you are, Right, right. Um, I read a few as a kid. I did not realize until the until that picture got leaked that the Destroyer was a Thor villain. I have always assumed that was an Iron Man villain. Mm. So to Haven't me, haven't you ever played Marvel Ultimate Alliance? I did. There I, was a Destroyer I whole don't level. I, then I guess I, I'm sorry. I forgot. You call yourself a but Zorlap. he played it as Iron Man. I forgot, and I just sort of 
I, I just think see, that if okay, this uh, is like the True Blood thing, though. We approach these things from knowing what we know. No, but let's approach it from a filmmaking point of view. And if you are an agent of Shield and you've been dealing with armor, and that's the level you've been dealing with, mm-hmm. and you see that thing in the desert, the first thing you're going to say is, "Is that one of Stark?" Sure, I, no, that that makes sense. But what I'm saying is handling. I can't believe we're fighting about this. handling it like that. I think was the wrong choice because it's like, just from a c- cinematic standpoint. You, this is your villain. This is your big boss. This is the thing he's going to have to beat. And when it, you first meet it, you're not scared of it. You're not. And yeah, you sh- it shows him blowing up the trucks and stuff. But after that, they're already. You know, what are they going to say afterwards? Oh wow, they really kicked our butt. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it should be dealt with a little well, more. Well, I think maybe the other so- argument of that is that maybe that's lulling the audience into a false sense of security about. We'll have to see when the, the final thing it. comes out. Yeah. I didn't like. Uh, Odin uh, barking at uh, Loki. When he's like, Father, I. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, what? And then, uh, it was just. And then whoever they got to play Lady Sif. Isn't Lady Sif supposed to be kind of like pretty and attractive? The yeah, beautiful I, I Lady was, Sif. I thought she was. And they I picked was okay the ugly chick from Dodgeball. What? Yeah. The chick from. Uh, you know the, the, German, the West German chick on Ben Stiller's team or whatever? She's Lady Sif. At least from what I gathered from No, the, the West German chick is Missy Pyle. She's not in Missy that Missy Pyle? At all. No, she's the Lady Sif. That's who she was. <laughs> That's not Missy Pyle. That looked exactly like Missy Pyle. Then Who's you're Lady Sif? I don't know, but it's not Missy Pyle because I would remember that M- Missy Pyle was in We got to we got to watch this. We'll watch it after again, okay. but okay. I thought that was I in the two There'll scenes be time for I that. saw. I was Are all, you happy Ugh. with the other Marvel movie news this week that that Robert Rodriguez may direct Deadpool? Yes, if they do it right. Because I have to... Can I just... Can I say something? Please do. Stephanie, jump in at any time. Did we all see the machete footage? Yes. Well, I did, no. Stephanie, Stephanie did. not outside yeah. of what, what did we think of the machete footage? Over the top and hilarious. <laughs> it, was over the, it, was, it was dead on for the period plus five. I really enjoyed... It was campy fun, but I, I at one point I looked over Billy and Wow, this is... This is kind of bad. Like it's very <laughs> schlocky. It's very. That's what it's supposed to be. Well, it's Grindhouse. Did you seven. see Planet Planet Terror? Yeah, but even Planet Terror was a little more aware. Did you, know you what see mean? Death Race two thousand? Did you see? No, but that's not Robert Rodriguez. I know. No, I, I know but I'm just talking. It's the Grindhouse. No, I get that. But seeing Jessica Alba and Danny Trejo in bed and and her, it reminded me of like a bad Hong Kong movie almost. It was kind of weird. But Which again, I, I do think that's what he's going for, but uh-huh. that's not for everybody's taste. That's true. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm anxious to see it. I love that those types of I've movies. I've spent so much of my high school and early college days in theaters watching those type of but, movies. But it does it bring just, up a, a good point, which is, I mean, you know, I think those, those, as you say, the bad Hong Kong movies or those whole things, yeah. they were not done thinking that they were being bad. They were doing the best that they, they could. <laughs> right. For the money, and, and the so I think there afford. is something different when you see like Robert Rodriguez, who keeps kind of slumming in this. I'm just making fun of it all. I'd like to, you know, because even Once Upon a Time in Mexico, which I kind of enjoyed, was still that sort of like, oh, I don't have to make sense because those movies that I loved didn't. Right, yeah. and that's kind of the right. thing. Like you want, you know, like for example, Sin City. He actually put some work and time and yeah. ground, it was mm-hmm. groundbreaking and everything I'll else. Go with idea. So if I, he puts the Sin City sensibility towards Deadpool, I'd be very happy. If he puts the machete sensibility towards Deadpool and goes, hey, it's just a comic book flick with a funny guy with a lot of action, 
I'm, if it turns into Deadpool and Lava Girl, I am totally out of there. <laughs> I think I think that Bring actually that I, I, I would look for Rodriguez to come and He's break busy. another another wall in cinema cinema making and make a film appropriate to the Deadpool character, which he promises. Which is which is like an elevated sense of reality and a, the Deadpool breaks the fourth wall of the audience all sure, the time. And sure, I, I think that's going to be uh, he could introduce a new visual styling all out of the way the way that Sin City was shot and I, it's it's possible. If he gives it his all, sure. Yeah. I have a lot of faith if in Robert Rodriguez. he respects the source material. But I also, you know, after watching know, Machete. It's, it's hard to be sure. But then again, Machete looks like something they just rushed to get out and quick and done. So Maybe. hopefully they'll give it some time. So. Maybe. Um, the other thing that kind of came out, and I forgot to write it down, but was that Matthew Vaughn uh, sort of said, that there's a little hitch in X-Men First Class. And that he saw Inception and realized that there's a major set piece in Inception that was al- almost exactly what he had planned for an astral battle between uh, Professor Xavier and Magneto. An astral bla- a battle. Yeah. So. So. Or an astral bladder. Yeah. Or So uh, they had to... Uh, he had about a 10-minute sequence of the film that he's having to hurriedly rewrite. With, like, scenery I don't know. Or, or I how? don't know. All I know is... Because even Darn. at this point, I don't want to talk too much about Inception. Yeah. Darn, because that's what I want to see in an X-Men first class movie, an astral plane battle. No, I'm kidding. What? <laughs> what is with you? No, I mean, astral planes were probably the lamest things in X-Men. Like, let's travel, let's travel our psyche to the astral plane and have a battle. And it really meant nothing, because they'd come back to the real world and they'd still have and to fight. And turn into Onslaught. Yeah. Uh... And Onslaught was uh, cool on a scale of what? Uh, of one to nothing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm just saying. But I bet he was a good hero click. The only time the astral plane worked for the X-Men was, that was the only time Professor X could walk. Yes. Yeah. So, that's, I mean, that's maybe true. that's what they're going to do. Although I think they're still making it, um, he can walk in this anyway. In the original the, X-Men, though, he was handicapped, or he was in a wheelchair, He was in a wheelchair, but he was older. So right, right, right. I think this is going back to kind of the, it's a young Xavier because they would do flashbacks to when he and and Magneto were friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember walk. that. But didn't he like? Isn't his backstory like? Didn't he get in a car wreck with Kane Marco or something or cousin Kane Mark? No, he fought no, he, uh, a villain named Lucifer who was not actually. Did they Lucifer. fight on the astral plane too? I think they did. And that's <laughs> how he broke his. Yeah, broke his mental spine. Wow. Yes. No, I thought it was a car wreck. No, no I'm pretty sure. No. I think, right. You know what? I think he may have said at one point it was a car wreck, and then they wreck, and they oh. said no. He was hiding the truth from his students. Because oh. you got to like it's the same thing with how many, read, how many Summers read, brothers had parachutes. If you read the, <laughs> it's a weird ri- weird riddle. If you read the original run of X Men, there's a lot of that. Xavier's a jerk. <laughs> Like he faked his death, yes, and let his students all believe he was dead for twelve issues, twelve issues or so, and actually, and they said, said on the on the on the cover that it wasn't a fake story that he right. actually was dying because he'd actually gotten a shape changing mutant to take his place, and that guy died, and so for actually when you think about it, several issues. It wasn't even Xavier anyway. It was like, man, he was a jerk. Mm-hmm. So Who was, was Stan Lee writing back then or no? Uh, Roy Thomas did uh, most of that, that original uh, X-Men run. Stan Lee started it. Right, right, right. But uh, Thomas took over. Um, and so you saw Scott Pilgrim, uh, and you interviewed Michael Sarah and who else did you get to, get to sit down uh, with? I met Superman. <laughs> Hello. Christopher Reeve? No. Brandon Ralph. I'll meet him someday. Oh, you will. Uh, Brandon Ralph. Yes. Or as uh, Shannon likes to call him, Ralph. Um, Edgar Wright. 
Edgar uh, Wright was there. Uh, Great. Ja- yes, yes, indeed, he was. Great. Um, and Anna Kendrick, I think she was in some movie called Twilight or something like that. Or uh, yes. yes. And she was, Everybody can squeal now, ladies. And she was Academy Award nominee last year for Best Supporting Actress for So I air. shook hands with an Academy Award nominee? You topped Tapia! I don't know. He touched Bridges. Oh, Actually, well, Bridges, Bridges touched, touched him. him. That's totally different. That's true. Inappropriately. Wow. So anyway, tell us about your experience there. Uh, uh, we, can I just say... Because we're kind of embargoed on the movie itself, but... Yeah, I can't, I can't really talk about it. Uh, but the interview was fun. Edgar and uh, Brandon were gentlemen. They received me they quite well. Yeah. Um, you know, strangely though, all the other interviewers just were asking him the just strangest questions about music and uh, stuff, and it was very bizarre. Um, but uh, my buddy Michael Sarah was there, um, and he's you know what everybody you know since he's as he's gaining popularity. More and more people will try and bring him down and say bad things about him. But that guy is just its a good guy, good kid, um, great interview, was very attentive, was very nice and polite, uh, gave funny responses. And my, my cool little Michael Sarah story is, uh, I guess the questionnaire after us had asked him about some movie or something, and, and Anna Kendrick had mentioned, oh, well, my parents took me to see Jurassic Park or something, it was blah, 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 had an effect on me or something like that. So then the interviews end, and we're all kind of cleaning up and everything else. And so I go to the bathroom, and it's occupied. So I'm waiting outside, and somebody in the bathroom is whistling the theme song to Jurassic Park. You know, the whole... Right. So I'm sitting there going, what? Who is whistling Jurassic So then, of course, door opens, Michael Sarah comes out, and I'm all, that was you whistling? The-? And he kind of laughs, like, yeah. And I was like, get out of here, you know, it's, you knucklehead. So Did you call him a knucklehead? No, but he, he knew what I meant. So, <laughs> But, I mean, you know, so it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, you know what? That kid's all right in my book, so. Go see Scott Pilgrim. And you uh, accost him in the men's room. So this no, just in. No, outside. Lon Lopez accosted Michael Sarah. We shared a urinal. Day. Okay. So. Our, our peas, we were pee Don't pals. cross the streams. This is where moral, so I, you know what? I could see you struggling for a punchline. <laughs> I really could see that. It's like, it it's was. a bad thing. It, w- it was like. It All right. W- it, everyone it, take it, note. <laughs> the gears were grinding. I you see it. It's just like, slack. Rick? Where's Rick? He's gone to punchline land. <laughs> um, and we should have video of that interview up before the movie comes out. So. Yeah. <laughs> not that part. I, I didn't take video on the restroom. Oh, okay, that's good. good. Um, the, <laughs> so you got a, like a recreation then? Oh, we have a dramatic what? recreation. Uh, sure. Re- dramatic reenactment. Uh, also opening this weekend is The Other Guys, which has Dwayne Johnson and Samuel L. Jackson as super cops. And no, Mark, those are the guys. Those are the guys. Who are and the Mark, other guys? And Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell are the other guys. Uh, which does, uh, only tangentially, I need to flash back here again to Comic-Con, that I picked up the Megamind comic mm-hmm. book that they're doing a prequel to Megamind. And it was really funny. Huh. Coming from Ape Entertainment uh, as part of their Kizoic line. So I just want to throw that out there. That was funny. Back to the other guys was funny. It's one of those I'm having a difficult time trying to formulate how I'm going to review it because I feel like if I say anything oh, about, so you about, about the plot. You like it. I did. I thought it was funny. It kind of fell apart at the end and it got really angry. I have to say <laughs> that from the commercial, I don't find anything about Will Ferrell appealing. It's, it's against the type that he's been playing for a while. He's not the arrogant, yeah. 
Yeah, I guess I can see that much. You know, he's, he's really not the arrogant, uh, clueless guy that he usually is. He's like the mild mannered guy. Yeah, now he? he's the mild mannered, soft, and it's and it, it really does feel like it's structured like they improvised a script. You know, they got into a room and just kind of improvised it out, and then did because some wacky things happen, and, that, and that's really all I can say. It, it, How was Michael Keaton? I heard he was awesome. He was pretty good in it. Okay. Yeah, I, but I watched it going, man. You know, I wish someone would find him in the thing that would make him big again. Because it's Dark not, Knight Returns. Okay, yeah. Okay. What? He's yeah. playing Alfred. Okay, that would... What? You want to get nuts, man? Okay. So, let's get nuts! Uh, all right, let's do that. Let's talk about some television, shall we? Let's um, do it. Uh, last week, uh, DC Universe uh, released Batman Under the Red Hood. I passed a copy over to... I haven't watched it yet. Rick. Okay, well, I did watch it. Uh, I thought it was you one of the strongest. Even. One of the strongest of the... Better DC than Universe. Wonder Woman. So that's a really tough choice for me, honestly. I need bet on that. Okay. No, I actually put that in oh, my review. If you, oh, okay. if you read the site, I don't uh, was actually put there. That I know. Um, I read more on life this week. A couple You're times. Nice. I did. You're nice. You're yeah. nice guy. Um, anyway, that uh, I thought that the chance to kind of do a do-over from his original wait a second series, but arc. Judd Winnick did the wrote adapted it to screen himself. For the benefit of the court, yes. Please explain the Red Hood. The Red Hood would be uh, well. It was originally the guy that became the Joker was a villain named the Red. Tommy Flanagan or something. No, they, they was he even been. was he even well? Depending on what retcon it was, yeah. he Jack wasn't Napier. even the villain. They just put him in that right. costume. Well, that's the Alan Moore twist. Right. But but also at the end of that of the Killing Joke, he says that's just one way I remember yeah. it. That may not yeah. be. Originally, that's what was he True. was a, he was a villain named the Red Hood, and he fell into Vada chemicals, and he came out the Joker. But wasn't he like a stand-up comedian or something? That's in the Killing Joke. Is right. That's what that's what the Killing Joke says. And again, let me direct you to the end of that where he says, okay. "That's just one possible oh. background." Um, but uh, the Joker later beat to death the second Robin, Jason, Jason Todd. Todd. I voted for him to live. Did you? Good. No, I didn't. Uh, it turns all. out that the vote was actually a difference of of less than sixty. And uh, somebody had uh, had programmed their computer in those early days to redial and redial, and so they believe that it's really actually down to one guy who kept redialing. And uh, so there's a really good documentary on the Blu-ray where Denny, I, I didn't own him where they where the they time. tell Denny O'Neill that you know if you could find that guy, you could blame him, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for it. No, they can blame themselves for even putting it up to a public vote. Well, that's what I thought was really interesting about the disc on Blu-ray only, unfortunately is a documentary about that controversy. Mm-hmm. And I, that was really interesting to watch that. And usually I watch those and go, yeah, this is good for Zorlax. But that was actually kind of a piece of, in a weird way, kind of a piece of history because the first time anybody had tried that kind of event, certainly in comics. And it certainly had a lot of resonance and got a lot of attention. So, um, but anyway, the Joker beat Jason, Jason Todd to death. And then about, what, six years ago? Five years ago? Uh, Jason Todd came back from the dead as the villain as sort of the anti-hero, the Red Hood, determined that he was going to go further than Batman because Batman clearly stopped too soon in fighting crime. I'm curious, though. How does Jason Todd even know about who the Red Hood... I mean, did Batman even know who the Red Hood was? I guess Batman did because he fought him, right? Back in the old days. Yeah, and Jason Todd would have had... He would have studied the back computer files. All that stuff is, is there. Um, Wait, the, does Batman though know the Red Hood became the Joker? Yes. Okay. But one, uh, there's a story of that where they, where he came, the, the the Joker put the Red Hood back on, 
and was like a little game to play with Batman, and so that's what he kind of confessed. That's where he came from. So okay. Um, anyway, what was infamous about the comic book story was that it was Jason Todd was brought back to life by Superboy's continuity punches in an Infinite oh, Crisis, yeah. and so right. when you redo this as a film and you strip away all those larger DC universe things, and Judd Winnick has to find explanations that fit with what someone who is just a Batman fan might pick up this DVD. He comes up with an explanation that is makes so much more sense. Wish he'd done it in the first place. And, because it fits within what is already established in Batman canon. And, uh, and it's just a, a much sleeker story. The only thing missing from it is they don't have Tim Drake in there. But they do have Neil Patrick Harris as Dick Grayson as an older, as Nightwing coming back. Uh-huh. And they do a little thing with Amazo, and that was kind of stupid because that's clearly like a... So you can have a big action set piece at the beginning of the movie. And not standardly a Batman villain. Right. You know, so it's the only time that they actually reference that there's a Justice League. Yeah. You know, there's something else. But otherwise, it makes a really good straightforward. So I really li- thought that, liked it, and I thought Judd Winnick did a great job adapting his own story. So I guess I'm not surprised. It's the first time I've seen him right in front of the media and it, medium, and it worked. Um, so you, uh, Lon, just wrote a little note down, and I didn't... But see what was that? Didn't you just write something down? Just kick ass on DVD today uh, or uh, yesterday? Yesterday, um, um, and you made me think of something Blu-ray extras or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just a quick little tidbit I learned yesterday was uh, so Matthew Vaughn. Uh, I guess on the Blu-ray or on the extras, you know, they do a little behind-the-scenes doc and had some good stuff. But I guess he had mentioned, and actually Chris Gore mentioned this on G4. I have to give credit to um, that Matthew Vaughn. You know, basically didn't make. I guess the money was, or the the movie wasn't as big a hit as they'd hoped. And since he'd made this film independently, you know, he didn't he didn't really have the funds to get paid. So he, as his payment, he kept the Mistmobile. So, <laughs> so that was his payment for making wow. Kickass. So, I thought that was kind of cool. But anyways, I would be happy. To I love the movie, and I think if you know you're into that stuff, and you you know check it out on DVD. It's who you does know. the uh, Salazar was online and said he was watching it with a commentary this afternoon. Who I who does the commentary? Know. I don't know. I probably Matthew, Matthew Vaughn. Vaughn. Okay, I would I would hope that you'd and get Mark some Miller, of the actors in and there Mark too. Mark Miller is probably in there, and the other actors probably want to speak, but Miller won't let him. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. He's a motor mouth. Okay. Mm. So. Um, and then uh, you pointed out to me that G four had been announced, but they're going to get Marvel anime. On yeah, I television. didn't hear the whole announcement. I just know they had a big announcement planned. Yeah, what was the actual well, announcement? That was it. Last year at Comic Con, Marvel had announced that they've let a couple of different anime companies uh, do series with their characters. I say anime. Anybody else? Well, you know, you're anime, anime, anime. I don't think anybody says anime. That's not true. Lots Nobody says faname can't con. No, they don't. They say faname, but it's faname. Anime. And uh, so anyway, because it's animation. No, anime An- is the. Oh yeah, Japanese it's the word. Japanese. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, it's uh, anime. <laughs> oh, you're so anyway. You're so clever. Don't you have someplace else to be? Uh, so. Uh, What's the announcement there, Doc? Well, now you look. So Warren Ellis wrote scripts for an Iron Man and a Wolverine anime series. 
and uh, they were, they were going to do it like a, there was going to be a whole network devoted to it. And I guess that really just hasn't come through. Have you so seen? animated, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, animated. They were, they were like thirteen episodes of, of each, and there was going to be I can't remember what they were going to call the network, but it was going to be a cable channel, like a was, Marvel network. Devoted, or no, not to Marvel, but to but to anim- Japanese animation. Oh, okay. And I think that hasn't come through. So instead, they've just resold that to. I'm sure it's available in Japan anyway. You know, but they've sold it to G4, and they'll be running those series. Oh, cool. What are the series though? What are the four titles again? Wolverine. Well, I know Wolverine and Iron Man are two. I don't know what the other two are. Oh, I would assume a Thor one would be one, and that could I could see that lending itself very easily to whatever. Uh, didn't the Black Panther cartoon end up on some channel? It's online. Oh, it's our. Oh, it was supposed were, to be on BET, and, and they I don't just, think it, they and dropped they just, it. And it's just like uh, the stuff I saw just looked like motion comic. It looked terrible. That's ultimately uh, what they ended up doing. That's bull. Yeah, so Loney. Uh, there you go. So maybe they're picking it up. I, I don't know. Disney XD is picking up the Avengers series, and the trailer has gone for that for the animated Avengers, and that looks hot. Yeah, and they started showing that this weekend on Disney XD. So uh, they had an excited uh, cry from my son. Dad, Dad, get in here. Get in here. Quick, Daddy. <laughs> what is that? And I said, oh, the world's the changing. He goes, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. So, you know, definitely a far cry from Does your son own one. a pair of the Hulk hands? Yes, he does. Did he get him out to play oh. with while he was watching Hulk? No. Yeah. And speaking of Hulk hands, this is back to the Comic-Con thing. Which I, as I, I showed you, you a in massage? My, no, as I showed you in my picture... There, when the Thor movie comes out, you can actually buy Mjolnir. You'll be selling the hammer. So think about it. You can have Hulk hands, Thing hands, Hammer hands. I mean, we are going to have so much fun next hammer summer. Hands. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm saying Fanboy Planet podcast crew fight. I'm going to bring the hammer. Because right. I just want to swing that I'm thing and get throw the shield. it. Yeah, all right. So that'll be awesome. Maybe not in the house, though. No, mom Dude, says no. Look at all these. It. Look at all these frost giants we need to conquer yeah, tonight. Mama, mommy, mama says no throwing hammers. Yeah, in the house. well, mama also said knock you out. Yeah, so. I, actually, yeah. okay. okay. Uh, and then, hey, just maybe, maybe Stephanie will speak up here. True Blood. Hey, hey, did you watch this week. True Blood. Anyone? Yes, I did. Anyone? I did. I did. Yeah. Did you? I did. Yeah. So I'm caught up. Can I just say meandering along? Is it? I don't know. Don't mm-hmm. you think? They're all kind of fillerish. Oh, I don't know. I do feel that, and there was no Jessica this week. Oh, do you watch her blog? I do not watch Baby Jessica's blog. Wait, she does a blog? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Baby Vamp Jessica. Oh, that's mm. that is mm-hmm. adorable, <laughs> isn't it? Though, uh, yeah, I do kind of feel like it took a long time Although, to get through. I'm a little mad that is it Hoyt? Is that uh, what's his name's uh, the boyfriend? Ex-boyfriend? Jessica's boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend? Is it Hoyt? Is that yes. His name? Yes. Hoyt. And the biscuits girl. Yeah, Hoyt stole uh, Wolfowitz's girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I know! Wolfowitz's. Wolfowitz. What do I call him? Wolfowitz. Wolfowitz. <laughs> He's one of the wolves. <laughs> yeah. Wolfowitz. Yes. So I'm thinking Melissa of the Melissa Rauch is the there general. on True Blood from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. yeah, she just plays the nerdy, geeky girlfriend. No, she's got more of an accent in this one, but yeah. And she's got good biscuits, apparently. <laughs> yeah, what are you saying? I'm going to try your biscuits. Sorry. Or just something like taster biscuits. Yeah, I'm going to do I did like the showdown between the king and the magistrate. That, that was, was that one. was cool. And the magister, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Magister? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Well, I, 
I want, but I, I agree with Lon. I feel like okay, I've got this much of how the how the hierarchy works. Uh-huh. Now, would you explain the whole thing to exactly. me? Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm this is three seasons in. Well, who are who are the authorities that they are well, referring them, to? If you've Plus, got there was weeks. something that was bothersome in this one. I mean. After all they've kind of been, and I don't want to try and spoil, I'm just going to try to talk around it. At all they've been through with Bill and the experiences with vampires and the healing power of V and everything, yeah. like, I just felt like the way, I'm trying not to spoil, but I just felt like the way things were handled at certain points made me scratch my head and go, why, why would you do that and not follow this certain path? Because... The only thing that I didn't can, make sense. The only thing that I can chalk some of this up to is that we're seeing it over the span of three years, and it's really probably less than a month in their lives. Mm. You know that they're that they're not processing through. Not a, a maybe lot not of a month. Stuff. I'm saying maybe like a, a couple seasons, or you know, or winter. I guess it's never really been winter. No, it's always no. Been I summer. think it's. I think Derek's. It's maybe two or over the course three, of but it's summer. not that long. Yeah, it's not nearly as much time for them as it has been for us, yeah. obviously as viewers. And so I think some of that. One of the things I, I think at least a few months. I mean, one of the yeah. things I like about True Blood is is again that they're again we keep expecting them to be thinking about it like we do because we've read vampire stories or we've watched this, we've had time to think about no, it. I'm we- talking about just the in general experience with Bill. Like, I, let's just, I'll just say this. I think Bill was unfairly treated this week. That's all I'm saying. I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think you, you, you understand, you have to understand when there is something going on, as, as extreme was going on with him, he doesn't necessarily exercise the kind of control you wish he could. And, and now I know why James Frayne gave me that weird look when I said I enjoyed his performance on True Blood. Because of what happened in this week's episode. And uh, I was like, oh. This I, week's or last week's? L- last week's where he, mm. you, you know. I don't uh, know. I think he might come back. Because there I would like that, but I, I realized I should have I should have yeah. instead complimented him on his performance in the Tudors, but I haven't seen that. So uh, I have a feeling he probably feels that's a little more. I think he was just shocked you recognized who he was. Really? I think he was very unassuming like that. Well, he mm. seemed like a very nice guy. It was just. Uh, ah, I think also too, your hand on his left buttocks was kind of the awkward. dude. That's how my people say oh. hello. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've never objected. You in the room. theater folk. Oh, yeah, don't you throw that M word around. Uh? Don't you leave that in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, that's not Speaking all Speaking of got. people we hung out with at Comic-Con. Sure. Adrian Curry's like our new best friend. Did she write to you? No. Oh, but that was a fun encounter, wasn't but it? But we hung out with her in her slave Leah bikini. So. That was nice. As she showed us pictures of Stan Lee groping her. So, yes. I mean, yeah. Uh, again, maybe something that... Rick's going to have to edit out. I don't no, know. No, because if you watch last... Did you, anybody see last week's Entourage? No. Stan Lee was on Entourage. Did he pretty much do the same thing he did at the party? Yeah, because... Oh, my God. And this isn't a spoiler. Um, in the story, uh, what's the main guy's name in Entourage? Uh, Vinny, Vinny Chase. He starts dating adult film star Sasha Gray, who's uh, now mainstream. Yeah. But Vinny Chase is up for a role in the new Stan Lee movie. Like It's called Air Walker or something like that. And he brings... There was a book. He okay. brings Sasha Gray into the meeting. And Stan Lee's all, oh, hey, I've seen you before. What, what, what have you been in? And he's like, oh, she was in the Steven Soderbergh movie, you know, uh, The Girlfriend Experience. No, I didn't see that. But you look really familiar to me. And he, so they kept hinting that Stan was a big perv. So 
if if they're doing it on Entourage, maybe. But I think when they do it on Entourage, they're pretending like that's just a parody. Yeah, nah, uh, it's kind of like Hugh Hefner on the it, uh, Big it, Bang Theory. It no, they even, they even said afterwards how red his face was once he realized where he saw her. So. I'm just saying. Oh no, it was Stanley on Big Bang Theory. Well, he was in pajamas. They're much, though. I they're got much alike. Stanley and Hugh Hefner are. are. They are. I want to go to the Lee Mansion. Yeah, the Marvel Mansion. Well, he did uh, play Hugh Hefner in Iron Man. Yeah, he did. Uh-huh. He did. So uh, that's that's where Rick's confusion really arose. If you are not confused and would like to actor. straighten uh, Rick out, please write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Straighten me up, please do. Questions, Correct comments, me. compliments, commentary, sandpaper. At if you want to gay Rick up, call sandpaper. No. Okay. Because you said straighten him up, and I was gonna okay. curve him out. If you have questions, comments, compliments, or commentary, write into sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. Oh, we had to remind everybody about our contest. Do. Please do. Uh, if you've made it this far through the podcast. And you uh, have. You win. Don't, don't forget our <laughs> contest. Name the uh. Fanboy Planet Podcast listeners. Uh, we've had a couple entries so far. You'll win fabulous prizes. Fabulous. We've got a lot of swag left over from Comic-Con. You're going to get tons of our... We had to wait in line hours so you could get it in your grubby little hands. We give. Name we the give fans. The winner will receive a prize package. All right. This is Lon Lopez. This is Derek McCott, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. This is Stephanie. <laughs> and this is Rick Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. Don't tell me, don't tell me. Oh, no, 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 no. Damn it, damn it, damn it. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. So, uh, look into it. Is he more? So, like Superman. The lady and the plumber. Yes, there would be. I can't imagine. I can't imagine the wasp hasn't done. Wasp hasn't done what? Bless her, her. She's had a facelift. Grab the chair right there. There's here, ready? You're not allowed to sit on that. You're gonna eat. Sit down. Have some. Maybe talk a little True Blood. Since there was a big Comic Con tie-in with the Yes, Oh my God! Yes. Stephanie Stephanie bought the book and foolishly did not get Tishman to sign it, but Tish David Tishman, who we had on, is writing the book, and uh, they had a thousand Comic Con exclusive copies of it, and they were sold out by Friday. Signed. So, what about uh, TV? Mostly didn't ask really? you to him. <laughs> so what? You can still say that? I gotta teach you a little more aggression with these people. How else are you gonna? You can't be aggressive. Yes, you can. You know, I told you I used my sad puppy dog eyes. I know, and that's okay. That's one tool in the toolbox. You've got to learn many others. You still did better than what? Of dealing with people. Um, 
the you're still the better than Michael Goodson, who when we met, met Brian Michael Bendis, he said, I love your work, and he had a book in his hand and just went, and just stared at him. And went, okay. No, I, I don't stare. I said, you could have him sign it if you'd like. What? Really? <laughs> yes. There was, uh, was Stacy Keebler got announced on Chuck. Yes. But then, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of Chuck but, stuff, but I don't know if you guys talked about it. No, we did not. And I would like, I do want to just mention it because I love Stacy Keebler. Not that I think she's talented. Okay, I think we got a lot down here. So, just what do we got? Quick. It's kind of those pri- those little things we discovered. And Stephanie, if, if there's anything else you got at Comic Con book wise that you want to? Oh, are we giving here? away stuff this week? Were we gonna? I mean, was I mean, you give away the hat and stuff, but I thought we were gonna throw swag at people or something. We could throw because I put a bunch of swag that I didn't want into my bag. So, well, we could still hype the contest. Remember, the contest yeah. is going till August. Or yes, whatever. through August. So it is August now. We didn't get any new emails, right? No, we did not. That's fine. We were away for Comic Con. Yeah, I do have a. Uh, Jay Zilla's package. Okay. In my Did they give you his address? No, yeah, but it's it's ready to mail. Okay. I just haven't uh, mailed it out. Okay. I was going to see if you had any mailing... Uh, Tips? Like, no, through... Uh, uh, no, they, they, they frown on that. Okay, I'm just checking. Because they, they check. It smells really good. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately. It does. Okay. I'm eating a salad, I always pay for Enjoying myself. my time. Okay, I'll do it. Oh, I like a few people. Um, so anyway, uh, The Reconcilers. Rick was going to talk about The Reconcilers. Are you going to talk about that webcomic? Anybody think we would sell a cool flashlight or set of flashlights here in the store? Do they have a superhero on them? No. The word Nebo and the cool design. Yeah, no. That's like... That's like liquor store. No, sort, sort of, of Doctor Who. That is the words I'm going Dr. to Doctor Who. He was the American Doctor, version yeah, of Doctor Who. That's the one where Un- Jack Black played him. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, wait a minute, Anna. This looks like what you thought uh, Trina Robbins' magic it, touch it was. To for free, I, I like it. It's yeah, it looks like a toy for doing. Um, Does it vibrate? But uh, would you buy one if you saw it here? No, no, because I would. It is. I don't think it's. I don't want to touch it. I would after buy, it's been used. No, I would buy the. You know what's the what's the good little flashlight? The flashlight. Mag lights. Oh, okay. I would buy a mag light over that. I mean, have you seen the vampire like. one? Fancy I think light. I have actually. Yeah. Yeah. No comment. Okay. Yeah, that's that says liquor store. Yeah. So no. You might as well sell cheap sunglasses too. Just or say, just keep it for when you have a blackout. Well, I'm going to keep it, but she wants to know that's selling, so I'm going to be nice and actually ask. We would say no. Nobody's going to go into a comic shop unless it was. Answer this question. Yeah. No. If it was actually a Doctor Who sonic screwdriver, that then would be yes. awesome. Or you're you're you're, you're punishing me. Um, yes. If by punishing you mean just acting normal, then yes. So anyway, here's what I have on. Was that that web comic, the Apama? Uh, did you uh, read it? I couldn't get through the whole thing. Okay, I took so, it off. So then, um, one dissenting opinion. Um, I was going to talk about Ozobelis, book I picked up. Then have you talked about The Walking Dead? God, there's a lot of people talking right now. G.I. Joe, Hearts and Minds, uh, Torchwood number one. Did you pick that up last week and read it? No, I did not. I was going to wait for the trade. That's what I forgot. Okay. And, did you? Uh, Larry Mart. Yes, I did. Okay. I did buy it. Adam, what's in the... I won't be buying number two, honestly. Really? What's that? Well, it's just one of those things, nice. again, it, it, it's... It, it, 
It's my television. Well, I'll talk about it. I mean, it's quality enough. It's just I have a, a rule about TV adaptations. And, uh, that aren't in canon, you mean? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. And um, Larry Marder has just been announced the head of the Conflict Legal Defense Fund. So, new head there. Creator of Bean World. I always imagine those guys meeting at a round table with little yeah. icons on the backs of the chairs. And yeah. And uh, Thunderstroke. Uh, Thunderstroke. Thunderstrike. <laughs> Freudian slip. Oh, dear. Thunderstrike is getting a revival. Uh, are they bringing him back to life or are they getting yes. a new one? They're bringing him back to That's life. That's lame. Tom DeFalco. Well, Stupid. so there we go. That's Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends, right? Is that who drew him originally? I think it's Ron Enemies. And then movie Damn, moves. I should have saved that for the podcast. No. You will. Uh, yeah. When has that stopped you? Uh, Robert Riggs on Deadpool, Thor footage, Scott Pilgrim. We talk about the other guys very briefly, but just to say, yeah, I saw it. Uh, TV. No, no good? Oh, no. It was funny. It just kind of... Kind of when did you have your fell apart at the end? When did you have your dinner for schmucks preview? I would have loved to have seen that. Was that in the city only though? The dinner for schmucks preview was, I think it was only in the city, and I already uh, and I knew I had somebody else. The guy from Chicago was going to review it, so oh, I just didn't worry got about it. it. Got it. I'm sorry. No, it's cool. I was crazy that week anyway yeah, with the Scott you know, Pilgrim stuff. I, I just kind of made arrangements. I can tell a cool Michael Sarah story. Do that'll be funny. You can do that. And uh, so TV, I wanted to just briefly touch base on the Batman Under the Red Hood. Under the Hood. G4 Marvel Anime, The Avengers on Disney XD, Stacey Keebler on Chuck, and maybe just a quick touch base on I want Stacey Keebler on me. (laughs) What? Save Um, it for the podcast. uh, And when are you sticking in the Comic-Con stuff, or are you just sprinkling it throughout? Well, the the comic stuff was the Reconcilers and Ozophilus were Comic-Con finds. So thought we, you know, we could talk, we could start off by talking Comic Con stuff. Ah, whatever, whatever's clever. So, I think it sounds wonderful. Does it? Really? Do it. That was Rick's affirmation to me. I felt that was a little. Uh, <laughs> I think it sounds wonderful. Wow, I can get a weird vocal effect on this. My therapist is working. You're clever. And now now it's it's really getting bad. Horrible Vanity Fair article about the U.S. Senate yesterday, and I'm telling you, man, revolution. Oh well, that's pretty much the point of the article. It's like the Senate (coughs) is no longer serving its function at all. Dude, and, uh, crash and burn, baby. Crash and burn. But it's also been a change in uh, crash you know, and the burn. American public and the way people handle things. Well, you ready? Shall we? Hold on one second. Oh, I know what it is. It's when I'm when I'm getting out of range. It goes kind of bad. So stay in range. It's a words to and double tap and cardio. Yeah. Okay. Oh, righty then. Are they making a sequel to Zombieland? They are. Cool Thor picture. I did. I did see that. Yeah. I wasn't worthy though. I couldn't lift it. No. It should have been like a sword in the stone. Well, that's what the trailer basically was. Yeah. Gay. Can't wait to rip on that. All right. Rick, you dropped a picture. Yes, I did. 
Um, I was waiting for the dog to get it. There is no dog, just the baby. The dog doesn't come in anymore, and, and uh, Hampton doesn't crawl around and eat food yet. And you don't tug on Superman's cape. Yeah. And you don't. No. You don't play pull with King on, Kong's balls on, or something. I forget. Pull on the mask with the old Lone Ranger. Something like that. And you don't stay in hotels with holes in the wall. No. Okay. You do too. Oh, I have. Okay. Do you have an opening?